heal, heal us by your stripes. So God, we pray right now for Bear. Father, he's under the hands of doctors, so we pray for doctors and nurses. Those who are giving him care, pray for extra amounts of wisdom. And, and as they uh, work on him, God, that they you would be their hands, God, and you would bring healing to him in Jesus' name. We would curse the enemy who would want to end a life that is growing in you and making a difference. Father, right now we just pray for where we, um, God, pray for the church family that's, that's uh, be, being affected by this uh, at Foursquare as well as us. God, we pray for Terry, his wife, especially. God, give her comfort and give her peace. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Brother Bear. So as um, we will, I know not everyone does Facebook. We'll, we'll, we'll get it announced on the Facebook page. Once we have some updates, we'll keep that on the Facebook group page. And then um, I think I can also put it uh, on our um, uh, church website. I need to find a place that we can post big things like that real easily. And so, um, but otherwise, just call, call me uh, if you have any questions about his, his, his update. Amen. Amen. Well, good. Good God, you are a good, good God. Amen. Hey, as we, as we continue on, does anyone remember this, the, the title of our series that we're on? Uh, and, and Marissa, is she hiding? Oh, I was going to have her find it. It's called You Are Here. We had that great diagram with the, with the map that had the little point that says you are here. Um, I actually, this was so on my heart. I preached, part, I, I preached a part of this message in Mexico when I was there preaching in the church. And I kind of did just uh, something very similar. And uh, down there it's usted esta aquí. There we go. So I had to figure that one out. Uh, what do they say on a map? But you are here. Remember that you're here this morning. You're here for a reason, and, and we've discovered in this through this study, and I'm going to go through this real quick and get into the message, that everyone who's at the church this morning, anywhere in the world, is really in one of four places in their life. And so we remember we did this by drawing the four circles. And, and I'm not a very good artist, and so they don't always look like circles. But uh, they kind of look like oblong eggs or something weird. And uh, remember this first... This first group of people is people that are here this morning and you are exploring God you're like okay I want to check this thing out I've heard about it or maybe I haven't but you're here because you want to know something more and so you're kind of exploring God and you might say you know I'm really not exploring God I'm just here because I heard you got snacks and uh, and that's okay too because in, in that word and that means you're coming here um, and you're getting some uh, fellowship you're, you're meeting some people, hopefully. Hopefully you've been welcomed in. I heard yesterday another great, uh, a great compliment to our church. Um, and she said that, you know, that people have welcomed her and talked to her, and that's what wins people, is we want to be the church that just loves everyone regardless of, of their background, their, their social status, their color, um, anything. And so the first group of people here, you're here checking it out. And, and we hope, pray that as you will explore God and that you'll get to know His great love for us. And we found that, that, that what happens in order to get from here to here, we have to find the cross of Jesus Christ. And the way we find the cross of Jesus Christ is that we come to from here to here by discovering His amazing grace for us. Remember that? And most of us in here have found His grace. And that means that we were lost, we were dead in our sins, and we did not know 
how to get to heaven. We needed forgiveness, and we, many of us tried to do it on our own. We tried to be good. We tried to be good enough. We tried to fix things, and you can't be good enough. The law proves to us that we can't be good enough. Jesus helped us to understand that when he said in about the law, he says, you've heard it said, thou shalt not murder. Well, Jesus upped it, turned it inward and said, I tell you, if you hate somebody, you've committed murder. You've heard it said, don't commit adultery. And we'd all go, you know, most people, even out of the church, I mean, everywhere, most people would say, yeah, not a good idea. Don't commit adultery. Je that was one of the Ten Commandments. Jesus said, wait, 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 no, no. You've heard it did not commit adultery. I tell you, if you look at a woman or look at a man to lust after him, you've committed adultery. Okay? So, so with that, I could say, who in this room has committed adultery? And we would all have to raise our hands. And he upped everything. And so we went, what are we going to do? We un we've discovered God's grace. God has grace for us because of us sinners. And so when we discovered his grace and received his sacrifice for our sins, we, we immediately moved to this next group of people, and there's a lot of us in here, in this room today, that are in the second group, and they are beginning in God. Yesterday we held a class. Um, for those, uh, it, was, it was targeted for anyone who is beginning in God and wants to continue to grow. And it was uh, a class on how to read your Bible, how to have devotional times. Um, and, and here, as we move from exploring God to actually beginning in God because we found His grace, we move from fellowship, and, and we keep having fellowship, but we also begin this new thing called relationship. We begin a relationship with Jesus, and we get into a deeper relationship with believers. Yesterday, I talked about the amazing thing I saw many years ago. I was talking to our sister, Dee Price, here. And many years ago, I walked into a men's meeting. I think I've shared this. And it was one of the greatest experiences of my life. I, I tell you, I mean, this was 25 or so years ago. It was over at the Sizzler. We had a men's meeting over there. And I look in and at one of the tables, there's seated three guys at this table. And I don't think they really knew each other very well yet. At this table, there was an older gentleman named Ira Fox. Ira Fox was a retired judge. At that same table was another man. His name was Jim Cagle. Jim Cagle was a retired police officer. And the third gentleman at that table, who's a good friend of mine, I'm not going to share his name because I don't know if his testimony's out there. A good friend of mine who was a convicted murderer and spent 10, 15 years in prison and then many years on parole for his murder and got saved in the process. And I'm looking at this table going, this is hilarious. In theory, you have the man who did the crime, the man who arrested him for it, and the man who sentenced him to prison fellowshipping and building relationship. Come on. Is that awesome? You look around the room right now and you could see people. You'd say, you know what? If it wasn't for Jesus, I wouldn't hang around him. He's too normal for me. So we're beginning in God. We're beginning to have relationship with Jesus. And then we begin to have relationship with people. And then we, in our time of beginning in God, we're hearing over and over about this wonderful thing called the Word of God. We begin to read it. We begin to be taught it. And we find out that the Word of God is good for us. 
in every part of our life. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that. I'm going to move on and get to my notes so I can, um, there's some, um, but we find the word of God and we begin, because we've started a relationship with God, we begin to be close to God. The word of God, we discover, is good for every area of our life. Every area. It's not just something we have to read in the morning um, and do our, you know, sit down and do our devotions. We don't even know what devotions are. Like, what are devotions? And it's real simple. When you're devoted to somebody, the things you do for that person are your devotions. So when we're devoted to the Lord, we begin to read his Bible, read his words, so we get close to him. And so we, we begin to find out in this amazing time that that the Bible says about itself that it's living, it's alive, it's active. It, it actually judges my thoughts and judges my heart. And that's not always fun, but we begin to find out that it's true. Um, we, we begin to find out that James says, don't just be a hearer of the word, but be a doer of the word as well. And, and so we begin to practice. We begin to read the word. We find out that, that in Psalm 119.9 it says that how can a young man keep his way pure? Well, I don't know about you, but when I was a young man and even still today, I go, how do you walk this Christian walk? How do you keep yourself pure? And the Bible says by living according to your word. And then it goes on in verse 11 to say, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. We begin to read the word. We find out also in the same chapter of Psalms 119 that his word, the Bible, is a light. It's a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. So we're confronted with these things about the word and we begin to learn it and then apply it and say, you know what, I'm going to live my life according to the word. The word tells me I'm, I'm not supposed to lie, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work and stop lying. The word tells me that I'm supposed to treat my wife really good. I'm supposed to love her. That, that, that wives are supposed to submit and, and, and respect their husbands and we begin to change our, our attitudes and so we come up against the word of God and we begin to base our life on the word of God for our decisions. And that's a, that's a growth thing. See, all these are about growing. We're growing from glory to glory, the Bible says. We're growing from exploring God to beginning our walk in Him and then we continue to go and we begin to say, wow, the Bible is something I should apply to my life. And in the process, we get so close to God because we find Him through His word. And we get to know him, so we get close to God. And what's, uh, what's happening here is that we're becoming a disciple. And so it's marked by discipleship. And as we're moving, as we're growing, remember this is the journey church here. We're on a journey. And as we're growing in our discipleship, we're, growing, we're still growing in relationship. We love to have fellowship. But, but we're becoming close to God and we're becoming disciples and then we begin to find something that Jesus gave all of himself to us. That God so loved the world that he gave. And we begin a principle and this is what we're going to talk about last week. I, I'm sorry, I've been lying to you for like six weeks. I said this was a four-week thing and then we had a break in the middle and we didn't do it that, that week so it turned to five and then last week I did like two and a half instead of three so I'm doing three today and four next week so I've been a liar and so um, but I'm, I'm hoping you'll forgive me and I'm going to rest on God's grace but, but as we're close to God growing in this we're coming over here and we begin to find that God um, is a giver and that he wants us to learn to give and, and the Christian, in his journey, that's a big, that's a, there we go, I'll write it really big. 
we begin to live and understand what giving is. We give of our life, of our time, of our resources. We're giving of our finances. We're giving because we've discovered how much God has given to us. And we begin to, we begin to relinquish control of ourselves. And this is, this is what, what there's, there's people in this group, but it's a, I would say it's a smaller group. If we were to do like concentric circles, you know, there's a lot of people in the world that are exploring God, and there's a, some that are beginning in God. And we're down to this, this group that is now here, and they are God-centered. God is at the center of their life. And the, the word that marks this, this category is that Jesus has absolutely become the Lord of their life and this last one is Lordship. They're surrendered. It's just like, and, and you know these people, you, when you get to know them, they're like, wow, they're just, they love the Lord, yes, but they're giving all the time of themselves and Jesus is their Lord. And here's the thing, none of these, is, none of these are points. They're not for points. They're four areas. These are bigger than us. We, we move around in these, getting closer and closer until we find the grace. And, and so it's, it's a fluid thing, but I tell you, it's a journey. And, and in this group, you, you never arrive. God is always working in and through you. And when you stop growing, we've talked about this, you, you don't stop here because the moment you stop growing, you're actually moving backwards and you're we, the, the Bible calls it, or the uh, Christians call that backsliding. The Bible doesn't say that, but that's a word we use for it. And there's not a good word in Spanish unless somebody else knows it. Um, I tried to say that in Spanish, and it didn't work. He looked at me and went, what are you talking about? So, but we have that, that word in, uh, in, in English in the church. We call it backsliding. In other words, you're just kind of sliding backwards. Um, you know, I'm going to use my, my, my son as an example because he noticed it too. Uh, Zach, he loves to work out. He likes to, to, to work out with weights, run. Um, he does a lot of stuff, and he's, he's in really good shape. Last year about this time, well, I took a picture of him on Facebook, so it's there. You could look at it. I mean, he was ripped, and his shoulders were getting really wide. And, and at some point during the year, he couldn't work out as much. And, and about three weeks ago, actually just last night, I looked at him. I'm going, oh, he's working out again. But I looked at him, and he looked at himself. He's like, I've lost like eight pounds. And, and his shoulders were a little bit smaller. And, and I mean, he's, I mean, I would love to have his shape and his body, right? I'm not saying, but here's what happened. He was moving forward, getting bigger, stronger, faster. And then things happened and he stopped working out so much and he backslid. And he lost some weight and he lost some muscle mass. Guys, I don't even know if he's in here, but... We have to keep working out. You've got to keep moving in Jesus. Don't stop. Don't stop because you go backwards. And, and we talked about this yesterday. It takes about 21 days to, to begin to develop a habit. It takes another 21 days to really solidify it. So you're talking about 42 days to get in the habit of something, like reading your Bible, whatever the habit is, but it doesn't take long to break it. I mean, especially at the beginning. So we're, we want to keep moving. We want to uh, habitually move forward and serve Jesus. So we want to get to the point where we are God-centered. But here's the thing. We love everyone in this church. We love everyone in every part because we are all on a journey. 
And I, I, may, I know we don't have to always call it a journey, but boy, it, it is one. It is one. And, and I've, got a dr- I've got a dream of, 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 I don't know if we do it in the front of the church someday, but of putting like a path that represents the journey of life. And at the end of the path might be this beautiful waterfall with trees and lush, just like, and it represents heaven. And I was talking to somebody and say, oh, would you put the cross at the beginning of the path? I said, no, that's not where the, that's not where the path starts. The cross is somewhere on the path. The path starts the moment you're born and you're on a journey. But until you find Christ, you're not going to be on the right path to get to heaven. But many people are on a path right now, whether they know Jesus or not. They're on a path. But our hope and desire is that they will find the cross of Christ. They'll find the grace of God so that they can continue down on the journey. And, and end up in heaven. And, and by the way, on that journey, I'm going to have some rocks in the middle of the path. Okay? There, there might even be some pits and some stumbling blocks because the path isn't easy, is it? I mean, we walk, we try to serve God, and things come against us. The other, as we're going through this four-part, six-part series, um, we're finding that there's a, 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 in Mark chapter 4, was the parable that I've also been talking about because in the process, we find that the, the enemy, the birds of the air, come in and begin to steal the seed that was sowed. Remember we were talking about how the, the sower goes out and he seeds, uh, sows the seed, and some fall along the, the path, but the birds come, and they, they take it up. And, that, and the birds represent Satan. The Bible says this, not me. That Satan comes and tries to steal the word. And I think, how often does that happen? God does something, speaks something to us, and immediately Satan tries to come and he steals the word. And, and, uh, and then he, and another part of it was that the, the, the seed would get planted, but it was shallow soil. It didn't have enough soil, and so it would grow up, but it would get scorched by the heat, by persecution and difficulties. How many times have we seen that in our life? Uh, another one is, is that as it grows up, it also grows up with the weeds, and the weeds choke it out. And that's, uh, that's what we're talking about today, that there's cares of the world. There's things that come against you, and they want to stop you from serving Jesus. And, and what, what, what I want you to recognize is that, that as you take a step forward in your faith of discovering who God is, that Satan's going to come and try to steal the word. He's, he's, and how he does that is, is, is a lot of different ways. He, he'll distract you. Um, he'll, you know, in the middle of service, he'll make you bring a thought to you so that you stop thinking about what's going on. Um, and so he comes in. Or, or, or the per- you, you begin to change, and then your persecution comes. You know, I, you know, I can't tell you how many times somebody's got done, found a time where they like, had freedom in God for something. I'll, I'll use giving for one. And they said, you know what, Pastor, I'm going to start tithing. I just feel like God's telling me to do it. I'm going to start tithing. And they come and talk to me a week later, and they said, I lost my job. See what happened? I started tithing, and, and I lost my job. Forget that. So you can relate with that. My car broke down. You know, God's supposed to fix things and do all these things for me. Forget it. I'm not going to do it. You know, I, I've heard testimony of people. This was Pastor Mike's testimony. He shared it publicly. You know, there was a time in his, early in his ministry when he was going to hospitals to pray for people, and like five people in a row, he went to go pray for them to get healed, and they died. Like five in a row. Talk about being a, a, a struggle in your face. You go, I don't know if I ever want to pray for anyone again. And honestly, I would say, I don't know if I want you to pray for me. 
You know, I know I just have a sprained arm, but I'm afraid if you pray for me, I might die from it. And so we come in, and and the enemy comes in to rob, to kill, to destroy. That's what happens. So as we're growing, church, we need to be aware that the, the devil doesn't want you to grow. He's trying to, you know, the devil's trying to shut Christianity down. Interesting. That's right. So this morning we're talking about us, those of us in the third group that's marked by discipleship. You found grace, God's gift. He gave his only son for us who who willingly died. He died to satisfy the requirement of the law. This is crazy, but the law had a requirement that there had to be the shedding of blood to forgive sin. And Jesus had to come to satisfy that requirement. Leviticus, Leviticus 17 says that without the shedding of blood, there's no remission, there's no forgiveness of sins. So from the very beginning, one of the things the law does for us is point to the need of a perfect sacrifice. Remember, before the law was written, in Egypt, the last plague was the death of the firstborn. And everyone who wanted to not have a death of a firstborn had to be in a house. And they took a spotless lamb, a sacrificial lamb, and they killed it. And they put the blood of the lamb on the doorposts. And then everyone in the house was safe from the death angel. And the angel would come, and when he saw the blood of the lamb, everyone was safe. Jesus is our lamb. And when the enemy comes and he sees the blood of the lamb, we're saved. We're saved. It was his blood. God's gift to us was Jesus, that perfect sacrificial lamb. We couldn't earn salvation we couldn't be good enough. We couldn't be perfect enough. And I, I know that there are people in this room who have tried, and maybe you're still trying. Come to Jesus and let him take away your sin and walk in his grace and forgiveness. It doesn't mean we, we don't try to please him. It doesn't mean we don't, we don't live for him. Jesus wants us to follow him closely. Jesus said this, listen, unless your righteousness surpasses the righteousness of the Pharisees, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. Okay, this is the words of Jesus. Okay, but wait, don't we just need Jesus to forgive our sins? No, no, Jesus said, unless your righteousness surpasses the righteousness of the Pharisees and the scribes, you will not, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoa. So we better start working at being more righteous. I'm looking at some of you. You've got a long way to go. <laughs> Just, okay, <laughs> I'm looking at me. I've got a long way to go. But Jesus said it, so let's do it, right? No, here, here, here's what happened. Our righteousness does surpass the righteousness of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. Because Christ imputes he gives us his righteousness this is what christians believe this is what the bible says listen second corinthians 5 21 tells us that we might that we would become the righteousness of god so it's not my righteousness that surpasses 
the Pharisees. It's Christ's righteousness that's now mine, and his righteousness does surpass the Pharisees. He kept the law perfectly. He was sinless. Jesus made it clear to the Pharisees that their attempt to fulfilling the law was futile. And he did that, like I said earlier, by upping the requirement. You know, don't you, not just don't murder, don't hate, don't look lustfully. These things, if, our heart, if it's in our heart, we've committed the sin. Who can fulfill it? No one. So unless our righteousness surpasses the righteousness of the Pharisees, not me, my righteousness cannot, but Christ, Christ's righteousness can surpass it. And it does. And he, God gives me his righteousness. This is, this is, the Bible says that I am the righteousness of Christ. If you're in Christ, then you are the righteousness of Christ. And that word is a very biblical word. We are completely sin-free, made right in his sight because of Jesus. It's a free gift. So I begin to have my relationship with God. I found his grace. I've received his righteousness. And I begin to grow and I discover prayer and the Bible. And I begin to understand the power of the word of God, the truth of the word of God, and I begin to grow spiritually. We talked about that. And we, we, we begin to apply the word. We begin to have our devotions. And we understand and we, we've grown. And we say, you know what? I'm going to live by the word of God. Because Proverbs 35 says, Every word of God is flawless. He's a shield to those who take refuge in him. The Bible says in Matthew 7 that if you want to be a wise man, you'll listen to his words and Jesus' words and put them into practice. So now we're growing and we're in that third group of growing close to God we begin to become a disciple I'm going to talk about discipleship a little bit the word disciple it's this third group has the same root in English as the word discipline right we recognize it if it's a disciple you just you just add a, a couple letters there and it turns into discipline so literally the word disciple in the Greek means learner or pupil but it, it, it's got more of an understanding of just someone who learns how to do something. It's someone who follows it, learns it, and then puts it into practice. It's a follower. So really for us, we might say it's a disciplined learner or a disciplined follower. That's what a disciple is. So uh, to become a disciple, we, be, we have to learn from the master, and we have to practice discipline in our lives to continue to grow. Growth does not happen automatically. You, you, it just does not happen. You just don't get saved and all of a sudden you're, you know everything. Wouldn't that be nice? That's the same idea as if I just joined the gym, I'll be skinny and healthy and fit. Right? We know that's not true. Actually, some of you, you like trying everything. I'll take a pill. You know, I'll, do, I'll eat this one thing. I'll drink vinegar. What is it? The apple cider vinegar with the mother in it? Okay, let's do that. Well, I'll take the magic pill. And it ain't working. Because it takes discipline. Life takes discipline. Being a follower, being close to God, learning more about Him, growing in this takes discipline. I want to talk a little bit about this. Matthew 28, 19 is, is, is really awesome. And my studies this week, it's kind of exciting. Matthew 28, 19 is the, what's called the Great Commission. 
And when you read it, I wish I, I didn't write my Greek out, so forgive me because I'm gonna have I'm gonna butcher this a little bit. In the New King James Version, it says it this way: Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. It's the Great Commission. We believe in this church that a, a, a commitment to the Great Commission and the Great Commandment will grow a great church. It's one of our statements here. That if we commit ourselves to the Great Commandment, which is what? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to love God with everything. And we're supposed to love our neighbors ourselves. That's the Great Commandment. Then the Great Commission is to go and make disciples, teaching them, baptizing them. So, so I'm like, well, here it talks about disciples. So here's what I did in my study. I, I looked up the word disciple as far as the noun, and I want to see where, how many, what it, what it was. And, and it's uh, mathetese. Math, 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 um, it means just that. And I looked up all the scriptures of it, and I'm looking at all of them on, in, on my program, and Matthew 28, 19 wasn't there. And I got curious. I'd never done this one. Apparently, or if I did, I just... Because well, I, mean, I recognized that that wasn't on the list. So I went to the, my Greek Bible. Because remember, it was not, the Bible wasn't written in English. I went to my Greek Bible, and, and it had a form of the word but not the noun of the word. Okay? So, so you're like, oh, do we need an English lesson? Yes. I needed it. This was exciting. And, and since I'm in front, you have to listen. <laughs> There's a noun that says a disciple, but the verb is to disciple someone else or to be a disciple depending on the connotation of the, the rest of the, the, the context. In this, in this passage, there is three participles, present participles, in English people going, you track with me, and there's one imperative verb. And here's the participles. Going. The actual word go there is not an imperative, it's a participle. Remember participles have ing basically on it. Going, this is the way it would be written better. Going, as you're going, you're making disciples. No, because a disciple is a noun. You're discipling. You're discipling. You're teaching. Of all ethnicities, the word nations is ethnos. Not just into all the world, but it's it's ethnicities. Well, we can do that right here in this in the in this uh, even in the church in our community in the state. For sure, you don't have to go to do it, but that's good too. Make uh, 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 so going discipling of all ethnicities, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them. So, how are we discipling? What's the process of discipling? Is actually by teaching and baptizing. And why is that important? You can't make a disciple. You can only be a disciple. You can choose to be a disciple by acting, by doing, 
by being disciplined in your life, you can teach others, you can baptize others, you can encourage others, you can live a good example, but you cannot make a disciple. You can only help them choose to be a disciple. So it's a lot of big fuss, huh? For me, it's kind of exciting. <laughs> because it takes some pressure off. Because I tell you, I'm like, I don't feel like I'm making disciples. Oh, that's because that's not my job. <laughs> but it, it's not your job to make a disciple either. But it is your job to be a disciple and to be discipled have somebody helping you to grow, helping you to be taught, and for you to become a disciplined learner who then puts into practice what you're supposed to put into practice. That's this group here. Disciplined learners that are continuing to learn and grow. How do we do that? Well, as, as we, we discovered through this time, we're getting here because of the Word of God. We've discovered the Word. In order to be a disciple, you need to continue to learn. Guys, if your only scriptures you get in the, in the whole week is on Sunday, because I mentioned them from here, you, you're never going to grow from this to this. And you're, and you're never really going to be close to God. Because what, what we fall, if we don't have the Word of God as our basis, we become, we become led by our emotions and our own thinking. That's why we can have people who say crazy things about Jesus and the Word of God. There is a group here in Big Bear that as their sacrament, they smoke dope. And, they, and Jesus is part of their worship service, but so is smoking pot. And I want to tell you, the other day I drove by there. I'm going to clear this up right now. The other day I drove by there, and there was a black Chevy Avalanche in the parking lot. I drive a black Chevy Avalanche. <laughs> that is not me. <laughs> and so you're like, what are you talking about? Next to Community Church is a place called Jaw Healing Church. They are a registered church, and one of their sacraments is marijuana. And so they are having all, there's a whole thing about trying to get that stopped. Anyways, they smoke marijuana in their worship of Jesus. Jaw means God, but it's also a Rastafari term. You know, that's very heavy into marijuana too. Okay, so how did they get there? They didn't read the scriptures because that's not in there. But their heart and their mind and their thinking and their personal desires are, are shifting their religious beliefs. If you're trying to have a relationship with God without the Word of God, and of course prayer, but without the Word of God, you're going to slip away and you're not going to be able to serve God because you don't know his character. We got to know the character of God. We need to know his words. We know the teachings that are included in the Bible because the Bible said that his word is perfect. 2 Timothy 3.16. You know, it's funny. Sometimes when I get up here, I still get nervous 
and I, and I go, I just forgot the verse. It's a memory verse. And I just need, a, I need my key word. For all, <laughs> for all Scripture is God-breathed, right? It means it's theonoustos. God breathed them. He moved the writers along. He inspired them. And listen, though, the Scripture is profitable. It's God-breathed, and it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, the, that the man of God may be complete thoroughly equipped for every good work how are you going to become complete how are you going to become a disciple because we need the word of god prayer is really 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 important but i tell you without the word of god i've watched it happen people who love god who are praying can often do these weird shifts and they get weird sorry to say, and I don't know what other word to use. They just begin to have these twists that are unbiblical because sometimes it's church is just true. It's hard to tell the difference between the voice of God and your emotions. Between the voice of God and honestly sometimes the voice of the devil. Remember, he sits and he talks to us too. The word of God keeps us focused and when we hear from from God through prayer if it doesn't line up with the word of God it's either come from our own thinking which I talk about is usually stinking thinking it comes from our emotions or it comes from the enemy but as we pray and God speaks to us and he does if you want to be encouraged right now I, I'm going to ask people if you ever hear from God raise your hand okay you can hear from God. If you've never heard of him, you can hear from him. Now, sometimes you hear from him through a scripture. And you read it, and I don't, there's been times I've been reading it, and I tell you, I've actually done this. I went, because that, like, a word, like, lit up on the page. And I'm like, whoa, God was, like, revealing something. That's pretty cool when that happens. Something sticks out. He speaks to you audibly. He speaks to you in your heart. But if we're not in the Word, we might hear something and go, wow, that sounds really good. Talked about this in my class yesterday. God wants us to go and be going to all the world so we, we, we go. And, and, but, but I've actually has, had this happen. I really feel like the Lord is telling me to go on the mission field. But my husband doesn't. So I think I'm supposed to divorce him. And that's what the Lord is telling me. The Lord is not telling you that. But have you ever been deceived yourself? Yeah. You ever, you believed it with all of your heart? Something. Something. Even if it's as simple as this. That person hates me. I don't know what I did, but that person just hates me. And you know it's true until you find out it wasn't right you, we've been there we've had this thing whether it was something like that or some a belief system that we just absolutely knew was true and it gets challenged and we go oh when you're deceived if somebody comes up to you and says hey man i'm, I'm concerned about you i think you're deceived what are you going to do no way no uh-uh not me ask a jehovah's witness if he's deceived do you think they're going, yep, I am. Here's the great thing about being Joel's witness. I'm deceived and I love it. 
Ask the guy who, who, who or, you know, here's a, here's a good setup. There's a man who's married who's now cheating on his wife with his secretary, and the secretary says, he loves me. He's going to leave his wife for me. And I'm the true love of his life, and it's going to be wonderful. And we go, hey, I think that you might be a little deceived because if he's willing to cheat on his wife with you, he will be willing to cheat on you with another woman. No, no, no. I mean, we, we've heard this, right? And in the moment, they can't see. Why? They're clouded by their emotions. So how do we do? We, we go to the Word of God to be our, 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 our line that's, that keeps us moving forward. We don't depart from it. How can a young man keep his way for By living according to your word. I've hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. We read the Beatitudes in Jesus' teachings. And we, and we follow. We read, we read the letters of Paul who, who wrote the majority of the, of the New Testament, but it's inspired by God. We can't throw out the writings of Paul. And we read them, and he, and he gives us instruction on on loving our wives and, and how to live and how to be in the church and we read it and we live by it and we say I'm going to do that he says slaves he says listen to your masters honor them masters treat your slaves with respect and here's what our uh, here's the problem we talked about this yesterday and we read that and go see the Bible says that slavery is good and you go, no, no, no. When you read the Bible, you have to read it in the context of the time. At the time, there was slavery. And if you happen to be a slave or you happen to be a master, God, Paul was giving you instructions. He's not saying slavery is good and go get a slave. So we read the Bible and we interpret it because of the time and there's ways. And that's how you're growing. And that's why you need to attend a class like we had yesterday. And more systematic teaching so you can read the Bible and get to know actually what it is is speaking about and we get into the word and let it be our standard I, I did tell the, the, the ladies in the class yesterday it, it, it is me somewhat of a repeat of some of the things yesterday because the importance of the word of God church I don't, I, I, I'm just going to tell you this I don't know how you have to do it personally but you have to do it do you want to grow if you want to grow do you want to grow and continue to, to grow to where you're close to God and, and you're seeing these things and would let Him be the Lord of your life? Then somehow in your life you have to figure out how to get in the Word regularly. There, there's a lot of fun, fun things that I've heard over the years. Um, if, if, you, if, you, if you want to get in shape, you want to get muscles, well, depends on how many muscles you want to get. Because somebody might, your trainer might say, well, okay, so what do you want to look like? How big do you want to get? What muscles do you want? And he will lay out a plan for you, and, but he probably will not say this. You know what? Just work out for 10 minutes once a month. And you'll be fine. I, I think I want to start exercising. Take a half-mile walk every other week, and that's plenty. You know, I'm not feeling very healthy right now tell you what eat a good balanced meal every three weeks I mean we're, we're, are you getting the point we need to walk daily we need to drink water all the time we need to eat meals oh there we are you're here 
We need to eat food every day. And then they say, okay, now let's talk about your desserts. Do I get to do those every day? You can. If you want to look like Pastor Rob. <laughs> no, you can eat desserts every day if you want to be fat. Let's call it, right? So, but can I have a dessert every week or so? Yeah, yeah, probably it's good for you. That's actually, there's some benefits to those things. Get into the Word. Get into the meat of the Word. A good, healthy diet of the Word every day. Every day. Read it systematically. Get Bible study helps. And I'll tell you, I will sit with you. I'll help you because there's a, lot of, there's a lot of personalities in this room and I know the struggle to read the word. I have it. It sometimes is still a struggle, not because I don't like to read it, but because I get so busy. So busy. Some of you, when you go to read the Bible, you get distracted. Some of you like to read it on this. And actually, I do a lot of my Bible reading on this. And even though I can be really distracted, I'm usually not distracted by Facebook or anything else on this when I read. But we were talking yesterday, and some of you, you're doing this, and you're on the Bible for a second, and you're like, oh, while I'm here, let's check Instagram. <laughs> and pretty soon, 15 minutes later, oh, yeah, go back to the Bible. Oh, I got to go now. <laughs> so if that's you, stop reading your Bible on here. Get your Bible here. There's nothing wrong with this. We've got Bibles in the back, and it looks like a few of you took them off. It's awesome. Thank you, Joe, for building our book Bible shelf. We went, we don't have Bibles in the church. This is a church without Bibles. You know why? Because we want you to be able to grab a Bible and fall on and read it. You have to figure out how, how you have to do it. What's, what's a good time for you to read the Bible? Is it morning? I think morning's good. It doesn't have to be. You're fresh. Like we are talking about today, we're giving them the first fruits of, of, the, of the week. Give the first fruits of your day and say, I'm going to read the Word. Start with 15 minutes. Pray. Do some reading. Get a book. I, I, I encourage you, like, if you want to start reading the Bible for the very first time, go to the book of Numbers. Stay out of the book of Numbers. <laughs> if you want, for te temporarily you could put tape on it and say, I'm not going to read that yet. Because if you read it too early, if you never read the Bible, you're going to, uh, James just said it, you'll never want to read the Bible again. <laughs> but find a book. You know, history is great. You can read Genesis. We, I think we need to study the Old Testament to understand the New Testament. But if you're beginning, if you're just beginning, you're a Gentile. Okay, you're a Gentile. Let's, let's find out what Paul talked to the Gentiles about. He just spoke about Jesus, salvation and grace. Let, if you're a Gentile, start with those same things. Read one of the books of, of, of Ephesians or, um, I lo love Ephesians, Romans, maybe not yet at the beginning, maybe wait for a couple books. Go to the book of James, do a study, but read the whole book, couple, a chapter a day, even just a few verses. In fact, here's one of the things you do. Start reading, and when something speaks to you, just stop and meditate on that. Go, wow, that's really good. Put a little 
note there, put your, put, leave it open, and, and pick up again tomorrow. But read the Bible. That clock stopped. <laughs> just, to, just to give me a break, please look at that clock. And I'm going, I got to keep preaching. I, ap- I apologize. I really do. That thing stopped at 1037. I, I looked up, I think, three times the third time going, I think it's the same time. I really want to apologize. <laughs> I mean, I'm okay letting you guys out a few minutes, but I need to make you suffer at least until 1055. Okay, we're going to close. The Word of God is going to become the center of your life. You're going to be close to God through the Word. If you want some help, if you're lost, you know what? I'll help you find a good Bible version. There's other people. You know, talk to Mickey. He's got, I mean, just talk to one of the leaders. We'll help you find a good version and some good things to help you in your, in your progress. Wherever you're at, wherever you're at, we'll help you move and get you going on the journey. Let's pray. And I apologize. Father, I thank you that you love us, that you call us, each of us, right where we're at. You accept us right where we're at, but you call us to come deeper because you love us and you have something for us that's miraculous, a relationship with you that's free of guilt and free of sin, free from bondage and and absolutely free to worship you. Lord, I pray that wherever anyone's at today that you would encourage them to just bring them on, to receive your grace, to walk in relationship with you, to begin to make you the Lord of their life, become a person who loves you and your word and prayer until we can become more mature, perfected, and understand that you gave everything to us and we want to live open-handedly and and say, Lord, whatever it is that you will want from me, I want to do. Bless this, this word into our hearts. Do not let the enemy come and steal it for any reason. Don't let it be choked out by the cares of the world. Don't let the sun scorch it because of persecution. Lord, let everyone in here have good soil and grow and bear fruit. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. (laughs) That was funny. that was funny.